Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello there. Welcome, everyone. Howdy. So, we have just watched the episode entitled Sympathy for the DeVille. Yes. And these will be our first thoughts. And just to remind those of you that are new, these are just our first thoughts. We will dig in deeper with your thoughts on the main show. This is episode entitled two, this is episode number 276. You can get to our show notes at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 276. So this was a very different, interesting episode. Yes, it was. And all I can think is, oh, my gravy. Yep. I quickly wanted to thank everyone who's gone to our link, onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support and chose how you choose to support us. We really appreciate it, and there's a couple of different ways. So let's go ahead and dive in. There were a lot of connections to other stories and other other tales in mm-hmm. this in this episode tonight. I saw Tangled. I saw Beauty and the Beast as far as mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time happens. Somebody getting locked in a, in a tower. tower. That's a common theme, yeah. Well, actually, it's Cinderella, too. Cinderella. Locked in the attic. Right. It's very Cinderella. And even the author mentioned that. And I know that this was not a stepmother, but it was no. a mean mother. And that's kind of a, a, mm-hmm. a theme that runs through a lot of stories. And uh, so kind of a Lady Tremaine-ish. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And she's very I, severe, right? Which is very Lady Tremaine. And all there's another connection that I'll wait till later to to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the first thing I wanted, I wondered, is little Cruella. We see that she escaped mm-hmm. where she was being locked up, and I wondered, was that the first time? Yeah. Was that one of many times? Mm-hmm. And the mother had some type of magical quality that she could calm or control the dogs mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. To, to the point where we find that the author whose name is Isaac mm-hmm. had heard about her right and came to the house and said listen I want to write about you I'm a reporter so author reporter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so he said no you've been you've been hired by kings and princes because you are have some kind of a you know magical quality mm-hmm and taking care of these uh, these dogs. So I also noticed a lot of terms that were used. Stay here and be quiet. Learn to obey. So the there was a lot of these dog training and dog terms throughout this whole thing. Even the little Cruella said, oh, you're going to close me in and lock me away like you do the dogs. Right. So there's a lot of that throughout this episode as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. And another thing I noticed is that Cruella had a discussion with Maleficent out on the road. 
And when Maleficent turned into a dragon, she used her green breath Mm-hmm. to cause Cruella to, I'm sorry, Maleficent as a dragon to go to sleep. Right. And her her quote was, take a nap. Mm-hmm. And the last time I remember hearing that was Regina to Rumpel when she learned some kind of a, the sleeping spell. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, this horse is going to take a long nap. Anyway, so. Yeah. Seems to be going around. I also... It was kind of freaky looking at the title card with the little little Dalmatians uh, running, through. running through. Well, yeah. And it was magical in that if you watch the the dogs, they will they went behind the tree and but when they came out the other side of the tree, they were it wasn't straight on. It was really strange. It was as if they were magically kind of flipping around and, and yes. appearing and reappearing mm-hmm. from. If they came out of one tree, they they disappeared behind the the one closest to it. You know, it what was I mean? just really. It wasn't straight across. No, it didn't look normal. Like okay, somebody's just walking across. the The paths were too high or too low, and it looked really unnerving to me. Oh, so. yeah. I just saw the adorable puppies, and that's all I cared about. So the secret about Zelina and the old switcheroo with Marion is mm-hmm. now out. Mm-hmm. And we still have some more discussions with Emma and Snow and Charming about what they did. Right. And so finally Emma's telling them, I would never hurt a defenseless child. And Snow is saying, well, that's why we did what we did. Cause, because you wouldn't. Right. Exactly. And... That's still not kind of working. It's not. It's, it's not, not helping the situation. No, no. And Regina had an interesting conversation with Belle in the pawn shop. She did, and indeed. I was really floored by how quick Belle kind of signed up for Regina's suggestion. What can I do to help? I was I was really shocked. Uh, well, and for a while, I wasn't sure if it was really Regina or if it was I know, Rumble. I know. You know. Shape shifting. I was kind of like, really? Because all Regina said was basically that gold has really got you hoodwinked. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that's a he very. He did a number on you. Yes. And that's very reminiscent of what the Cruella's mother yeah. told the author yeah, later on in the episode. On mm-hmm. Exactly. So a lot of. And throughout most of the episodes, there's these type of mirrored. Yeah. Things. Right, exactly. But um, I thought that was actually pretty interesting is that Regina said, no, no, no. I know exactly how to get gold. I mm-hmm. just, No question. Right. And so she did the old switcheroo. Well, we, you know, she pulled out her heart mm-hmm. and used the heart to control Belle as far as what she said. Mm-hmm. But And I never thought about it till just now. We've seen... We've seen wells used a lot. Emma and August went out to a well with magical water. And the the wells have been used as a portal. Mm-hmm. Wells have been used to start a curse. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I never really connected the two, but Snow White in the well. Absolutely. In the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs story. Sure. sure. Uh, so in the animated feature. But yeah, the the connection with that. And 
the so we did so we finally did see gold's heart we did which was almost completely dark oh yeah and tiny tiny little spot of brightness in there and it's about to go out and i think we've already known that because i think bell kind of knew that there was some good in him well, she's Not always a lot, seen it. just some. Well, I think, but here's the thing. I think there was more good in him a long time ago when she was with him, when she first met him. That's why she saw it so quickly and so easily. And it's harder for her to see it now because it's almost gone. The one thing that kind of threw me is that Belle really didn't say, she didn't finish the, the conversation. She just kind of confronted Gold mm-hmm. and then Rumpel and then... Rumpel kind of said, look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She should have said, I told you to leave. You're, why are you here? You need to go. Yeah. I told you to leave. But she wasn't in control of herself. I know, but I'm just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was told to leave and forget about this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I do love the fact that he said, this isn't like you. And yeah. he should have known at that point that she didn't have her heart inside. Well, yeah, it was cruel. Regina really pulled uh, a card from the cruel deck when she said, Will's a better kisser than you. Absolutely. Wow. Well, and that was the whole point. And that's what he was freaking out. Why are you saying that? Yeah, that's not like her. That's that's purely because that was, she knew that was the only way to get to him. To get him. She's doing this to protect Emma, Henry, and Robin. Mm -hmm. There's no getting around it. So the quote was, the blackened heart that Gold had, in a matter of speaking, I'll die. And by that, he meant, I'll lose the ability to love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. again, it's one of those themes that we've seen a lot sure, sure. in this show, for sure. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, chicken, playing chicken tonight. People... For instance, calling everybody's bluff. Yeah, Gold thinks Regina won't kill right. Bell. Yeah, and she goes, "Oh, I will." And she started squeezing. And and it was that Tiny whole thing of, bit. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but there's certain things that people will adapt in their life, a dogma or something like that, and people will use that to kind of control them. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a this, so you can't do that. And Regina's like, look, you may think of me as a hero, think of me as like a redeemed person, but when it comes down to protecting the ones Bell I love, or, right? I will, I'll do it. Absolutely. You, I don't trust you, Gold, at all. Mm-hmm. So I'll and do it. Rightfully so. And then we get on later on to um, the end when the whole heroes don't. Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. But there's a lot of that kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. All right. And then Regina, there's a lot of threats. Regina said, look, if you tell Zelina one bit about me coming, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. don't do not do it. So Isaac is the author's name. I don't know what that represents. I think it's a nice name. Isaac Asimov is the only author I could really think of off yeah, the top of my head. Yeah. I don't know anything else. So Cruella was trying to manipulate Isaac early on when they saw each other in the present day. 
remember when she leaned in close and can't you, you know, can't you help out a friend, a woman? Can't you do something? Mm -hmm. She was trying to manipulate him like she did with animals. Yeah. And it didn't work. Yeah. And so I think she was kind of used to that whole manipulation and it Mm -hmm. just, it didn't work. By the way, Isaac, the meaning of the name Isaac means he laughs or will laugh. Yep. So (laughs) that'll be interesting to see how that works itself out. And the, the author was talking about what makes a good story. And he says, a good story has a little sprinkle of magic. Mm-hmm. Because he was trying to get a good story out of Cruella's mom. And he said, well, that's boring. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. That's all you got? And so she kicked him out of the house and said, write your own story for once. Instead of writing other people's story. Yeah. And then we had a Romeo and Juliet moment. Yeah. When he was, you know, talking to her up in the... In the window. In the window. And she said, look, to let me... I'll tell you, but you got to get me out of here. Mm-hmm. And we see how he... Well, we saw how he did that later on. But at first we were kind of shocked, like, how come the dog's asleep? How did he get the key? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just... How did he do that? And he goes, well, I have my ways. Well, we knew later that he could just write something. Right. And it would just happen. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, and I assume that was exactly how it worked anyway. The minute the key appeared on the windowsill, I knew he wrote the key into existence. Either he wrote it being left there somehow, or he just wrote it into existence. Right. It wasn't necessarily the key. It was the key that was in her mother's pocket. It was very interesting. Which, by the way, the key in the mother's pocket is very... I'm pretty sure that's where she put it, right? Did we see her put it in the pocket? I, I thought we did. I don't recall. Possibly. Anyway, if it had been, that would have been very Cinderella. Yep. So we did see what appeared to be ni- the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Flappers and a very interesting looking club. Yeah, 1920s, yeah, 20s, 30s, but mostly 20s, roaring 20s. So the club was named Murray's. Yes. And I noticed a Bambi-looking deer on the back wall hmm. behind the the musicians. There's a the band, band playing. Right. And it mm-hmm. looked like, anyway, hmm. it was behind them. When they're sitting at the table, it's yeah. right behind them on that wall. That's funny. I totally Bambi. wasn't paying attention to that. but Yep. At least a deer, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's drinking the gin, and she kind of makes a face, and he goes, well, you'll get used to the taste. And then that was one of the jokes that... Oh, yeah, because... Gold was saying later on. talking about... Well, because in the Dalmatians, Cruella was a gin-soaked, crazy person. Anyway. So Cruella's telling the story about supposedly her mother mm-hmm. and her... And he goes, oh, wow, this is a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting he would use that. Right. A Cinderella story. Right. Because he was trying to kind of put it in a box. And then when she said, well, he, my mother killed her husband's. Oh, a Cinderella story with a black widow twist. Yes. Now, here's so. the funny thing. I don't know about you, but when she told the story of how her mother killed her husband's, I was like... She's got a calm, cool, and collect about something is 
mm-hmm. dark as this, you would think that would have traumatized her. The fact that she's locked up in you know the attic doesn't seem to bother her so much other than she just wants to get out and party and have fun. I mean, if she really believed her mother had killed those husbands, I just kept thinking to myself, there's something far too nonchalant. She's she's not telling the truth about something. And I started thinking, is she really the one who did it? Right. Because at that point, I'm thinking the mother is almost too obvious. You know what I mean? That would be an obvious, obvious choice. And so it made more sense the more we started hearing about it. I will say this. She looked gorgeous. Yeah. Um, that's how Victoria Smurfit actually looks. That's her normal hair, her normal everything. Mm-hmm. She's very pretty, and I loved the dress that she had on, the white lacy dress that she had on before she escaped. Oh, my gosh. Just stunning clothing and perfect period piece. That was that was a great, great pull for them. So, Well, and that was another thing I was going to say is that Cruella showed that she could put animals to sleep, and that was another kind of a little... Kind of an evil nod to, yeah, poor dogs. Mm-hmm. But she jumped up when they were in the club and she goes, let's live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet she, it, it would appear she has this obsession with death and killing. Exactly. As we, as exactly. We well, yeah, we found out later. So... Another thing I noticed is there was a little bit of Star Wars kind of nod in here is that Regine was saying, well, look, Robin's in trouble. I have no choice. I have to go to New York. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And when Emma's giving her the gun, I was thinking, not the gun part, but I was thinking of Luke and the Empire Strikes Back when he's leaving Yoda. Mm. And Yoda says, well, no, you have to stay. He goes, no, my friends are in trouble. I have to go. So, again, it was that kind of a twist to get somebody to go. And then now we see Cruella fixing that twist and capturing Henry and holding him hostage. Mm-hmm. And again, <coughs> threatening him. Mm-hmm. Threat, threat. There's so much threats in this thing. Right. Everybody's threatening everybody. Yeah. This is funny. So the... I didn't. Why in the world would Isaac and Cruella think that Gold will not find out about their lie? Yeah, I don't know why. As they far as honestly they, they knew each other. Yeah, I don't know why they had that thought in their head. Because all he said is, "No, you have to get out of here, Cruella," because you know he'll find out. It's like, well, yeah, right. he'll kill you. Right. That's what she said. He said he'll kill you. And Gold has this crystal ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he was kind of comparing it to the author and his story. So, well, no, he, that was his. He said, "I have my tools." Yes, you have yours. I have mine. And his tool was a crystal ball to watch, because clearly, I mean, it actually makes sense because clearly he couldn't trust Ursula, quote unquote. He couldn't trust Regina. So, yeah, he figured he should probably spy on Cruella because she's kind of unpredictable. The the note that he wrote mm-hmm. about Cruella, yeah. he kept in his pocket near his heart, basically, mm-hmm. forever. He, yeah. he just kept it with him. Absolutely. So I just thought that was well, kind of to protect it so it could yeah. never be destroyed. Right. And I thought it was very interesting because at this point in the show, when he showed it to Rumpel and Rumpel kind of looked at it and, and kind of laughed and smiled, I went, okay, 
is this where he told her he loved her? Mm. And that's really what it was, is that he loved her forever or something like that? And that's where he Gold's going to use this or Rumpel's going to use this against her? And as we find out later, that's not what it said at all, which actually, if we had thought about it, it would have made more sense to, you know, obviously it made more sense to go with what they put on there. But that's what I was thinking is it was a love note. It was a love letter, Mm -hmm. you know, more than anything else. The club and the manor where Cruella lived with her mother Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. reminded me of The Shining. Mm. And it also reminded me of the Hollywood Tower Hotel, especially the... Kind of strange looking people. And there was one scene where the camera was pushing in and there was a guy asleep on the left side. Yeah. And the camera kind of pushed in. Yeah. And that music really just reminded me of the... Well, the music for sure reminded me more of the Tower of Terror. But but more than anything else, it was very, um, very, very 20s. Very 1920s. And uh, it was funny because he even, when they started having this conversation about the whole thing, and he just said, it's timeless. Actually, yeah. it's not. It's a. It's a. It's very much. You know, it was very directly 1920s, and um, so that was really interesting. That that was kind of where they went with it, but they claimed that it was timeless, which is kind of the way they describe Storybrooke. Is that granted? It's you know, it's supposed to be present day, but in a sense, it was yeah. very timeless because there was a lot of things from the 80s, a lot of things from the 90s. So it wasn't completely all, you know, all modern or all antique. It was all, you know, timeless. Well, he called it, he said, I travel to realms. Right. Realms of story. Right. And he said, this place where Carrillo lived exists out of time. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I wrote, just like you alluded to. I wrote just like Storybrooke yeah. when it was cursed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no time. It just the same thing happens over and over and over. So, which then I wonder if that also applies to like uh, Wonderland and Alice mm-hmm. in Wonderland, because Once Upon a Time in, in Wonderland was very timeless. It was supposed to be Victorian England, but it wasn't. And then if you look at the Darlings from Peter Pan, you know they lived in what would be considered Victorian England, and yet they were still around and i know that you know pan had kind of given them the ability to not age but at the same time he kind of did so theoretically they were also in a timeless realm that makes sense now so he's talking about the author's talking about he can write and change people with Mm -hmm. his stories Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and again i felt like he was being manipulated because now cruella didn't say it but she was kind of like Okay. And so you wrote, you know, diamonds and jewelry and all these mm-hmm. things to kind of show her. And then she went, oh, okay. Wow. So now I want to get that, that quill for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the quill, anyway, I think part of it was to stop him. Because what, what I, I think, yeah, it was to prevent him from being able changing to anything change for anything her. for her. Right. What I think is that only an appointed writer can write the story. Correct. That's what I think, too. So I don't think she could write it. Well, he even said the two have to be used together. Yeah. Otherwise, it's really not 
of any value because, you know, but they have to be used together. And he was very careful to say, don't let it spill because you don't know what will happen mm-hmm. if it does. So and we found out what happens when the ink spills. So let's jump ahead at least to that point. What do you think happened? Well, it spilled all over her, and that's how she got the black and white hair, and she kind of went very severe. I think it created a cartoonish look to her. Right, right. So, and that's exactly my point, is yeah. instead of a you know, beautiful blonde girl, you know, very pretty girl, it created a very severe uh, two-dimensional version of herself. Very black and white, very cut and dried, two sides, both good and evil, because right. she looked beautiful and was wearing that beautiful white dress. Then when she went to the club, she was wearing black. Everything's been black and white with her. Mm-hmm. There's, she's two-faced. There's two sides yep. to her. And they're, and there's a, a fine line where they kind of blur together, where you get the sweet, but there's this underneath that's black. So, yeah, that's a, they wrote her very well. Well, I said Cruella manipulated Isaac with romance. Absolutely she did. And, and so, how many women do that? And right. how many men do that? I mean, it's a yep. it's an unfortunate thing that people will say anything and up to and including, you know, that they love someone in order to get what they want. It's a basically she was a she was a psychopath. Well, but a sociopath is somebody who will manipulate others to get what they want. A psychopath is where they turn it murderous and dark. So she was both. And this is two things here is, well, specifically one is I didn't feel much sympathy for Cruella. I I didn't. I had a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. As things progressed. No. I didn't feel sympathy for her. I felt like there was something not quite right about her, but I didn't guess where they were going with it. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. I was kind of like, wait. I- and and I say again, just based on the scene with the dogs killing her mother. Oh, dude. This is not necessarily a family show. No. I, no. I just, I mean, yes. Yeah. Whole, the whole, like, last, what, 15 minutes of the show? Mm-hmm. Not kid-friendly in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, it was like, you know, normally they kind of go really dark, but this was really, really dark. And in that respect, I was just thinking about it. It was kind of like the dark one a bit. And Cruella and what she did basically transferred in a way that darkness to Emma. Now, I know it wasn't really intentional, but Emma didn't kill anybody before then. And just no, because she, she didn't know that Corella couldn't kill someone, right. she right. did to save Henry. Right. Whenever, except for Cruella in this episode, mm-hmm. whatever is done, there's some type of reason for it. Right. But anyway. Cru- Cru- we've had villains who they've done things that we've kind of said, okay, no way do we, in no way, shape or form, do we approve of this and, and think this is a good idea, but at least we understand right. why they did what they did. Corella was just straight up crazy, completely yeah. psychopathic crazy. Clearly she had a very severe mental disorder is what really it boils down to. Well, she's up there with Zelina, I think. Yeah. As far as, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, and Pan. Yeah, true. I mean, just clearly, like there wasn't a there wasn't an underlying thing that made them do it. That was, you know, you could understand because it was maybe for a noble reason on, you know, misguided, however you want to look at it. But in this case, she was just straight up psychopath. It was interesting. She should have been locked up. Yeah. And she was. But the problem is she should have been locked up in an institution. And that's the problem is she wasn't locked up in an institution. When Regina said that she was going to kill Cruella. Mm -hmm. She... Snow was like shocked. Regina. Yeah. And it was interesting that Snow was concerned about Regina. Right. And and then Regina looked back and said, No, no, don't worry about my heart. You better worry about him. I said, Yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of in control of where I'm going. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I really did enjoy the scene when Hook and Regina were trying to talk sense to Emma. Oh my gosh. About yeah. how she felt about her parents and you know again this whole redemption arc with regina i think it was fascinating I mean, she was using a real world example mm-hmm. of snow giving her advice and she goes you know at the end of the day it was probably advice for her mm-hmm. and she was giving it to me yeah but she's talking about herself yeah she's talking about herself she goes, i didn't realize it then but she was talking about herself and in all honesty, none of us really thought she was talking about herself. So, yeah, that makes total sense. I did find that fascinating that that was the case. Now, at that point in time, after that conversation, I looked at Emma and her eyes looked really oh, dark. Yeah. Yeah. Like she had had circles under her eyes, yep. like she hadn't been sleeping well. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking she looked terrible. This is really weighing heavily on her. Yeah. And yeah. And that made me nervous for her because clearly that is an open door for her to go dark so when emma after they had that little conversation where they're trying to kind of talk some sense into her and regina called her petulant child oh she absolutely did and and she is kind of behaving like a petulant child in my opinion that's just me but then emma let her have it too she goes no wait a minute you're the one yeah that kept this you know, you were angry for all these years yeah. for something a 10-year-old couldn't keep a secret. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that is the way people are. Right. When they try and point something out with you, you come back. Right. You go, who are you to tell me anything? Right. Right. I know about you. And it's yeah. just, it's just human nature. That is the, it is the, it is a reality. It is a very difficult thing when someone, someone who you know has done something equally bad if not worse and they're trying to you know give you advice it's really tough to take that advice from somebody who's been it in is. that position it is. and the problem is is that emma's not going to find anybody who hasn't done something bad in their lives because we all do bad things right we all make bad choices all make bad decisions and you know most people thank the good lord above do not do things that cost other people their lives or worse you know um well, nothing really worse than losing your life, but you know what I mean? It, right. It's They don't do these horrible, horrific things that, you know, earn them the moniker Evil Queen or, you know, the Dark One. Yeah. So in this case, you know, 
Emma doesn't have anybody she can really look to because even now her parents, you know, that's that veil that we've talked about where your parent, you realize your parents aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, that moment when you realize your parents aren't perfect is terrible. I mean, but you, you do have to kind of wrap your head around it and kind of get beyond it and realize, you know, can they change? Have they changed? You know, what are the circumstances? What caused it? And again, Back to what I said earlier, you know, we understand why Rumpel did the things he did. We understand why Regina did the things she did. Um, Do we agree with it? No, but we understand it. When you get to somebody like a Cruella, we're finding out that she didn't have a legitimate noble reason for doing the things she did. She flat out just was crazy. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first characters we've seen that's had like serious, serious, severe mental illness that was dangerous. So when Emma was walking off, she goes, we have to save Henry. And I wrote again. Yet again. So. But he's he's the actually, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but he's the perfect pawn in all everybody's little things because he's got two mothers. You want revenge on Emma or Regina Snow? You go after Henry because yeah. he is the ideal target because that will that will get them riled up. Sir Cruella enjoys playing Angry Birds, turns out. <laughs> Who knew? That was pretty funny. I have to admit, that was pretty stinking funny. There was another movie connection that I made to this episode tonight, and it was Psycho. Mm. And Cruella actually turned out to be the Norman Bates of the story a little bit yeah she did and when there was a love of her mother she killed them yeah and i don't know if she covered it up or whatever but anyway she didn't seem to and that was the whole thing is that i think she was just crazy enough well i mean she flat out said her mother explained to isaac who by the way i think i was isaac did fall a little bit in love with cruella and uh, when her mother was explaining to Isaac what was really going on and said, I don't know if it was the, the shock of seeing her father die of a heart attack in front of her when she was a little girl. She was never really, you know, she was already disturbed as it was. Yeah. And that may have just sent her over the edge. And it's possible, you know, she didn't kill her father, but the other two husbands, right. she, you know, the stepfather she killed. The The interesting thing to me is that, you know, we talked about the, well, we didn't talk about, but anyway, the, the flowers that Cruella told Isaac that her mother ripped out cause she liked, liked them, uh-huh. liked the smell of them. Yes. Cruella's mother said, no, they were poisonous. And that's how she killed uh, the men. Wow. And so trump- trumpet flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why did she poison her mother? See, that's what I'm not understanding in this whole thing is that, Corella killed the fathers, but not the mother. I don't, I, that's what I never really understood. Obviously, as we know, the story kind of, uh, we learn now that she did, after she got her own magic, killed her mother with the dogs. I will tell you what I think. Corella was mentally disturbed. Okay. Corella watched her father die, and maybe she saw. Maybe she saw something in her father's death that made her realize that she needed to protect her mother from whatever. Or maybe she needed to protect herself or she didn't feel it. Or just maybe she was just crazy 
And it never occurred to her to kill her mother until the end. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. I mean, her mother kept her locked up, and she didn't bother to try to kill her. That well, that's was what I was crazy. wondering about. Yeah. Right, that's yeah. a little crazy. That takes a special kind of crazy to not go. I mean, especially to kill innocent husbands. Do you know what I'm saying? Innocent stepfathers. We don't. Well, we're assuming they're innocent. We don't know that there was anything wrong with them. We have no idea. I I kind of have some issues with certain parts of this episode. I think the Emma turning really was way too fast. She didn't do She's any. Not turned. But she now killed somebody. Well, hold on, hold on. That doesn't mean she's turned dark. Well. That doesn't mean she's turned dark. I, I guess what I'm getting at is I would have, I wish that we would have seen her take steps toward that because it seemed pretty, I get the fact that she was trying to protect Henry. This totally understand that. one step towards that. And she used light magic to kill, which I think that's kind of interesting. But again... Was the that's the thing here? Here's what I, I think we need to look at very closely. The whole scene that we have is Henry on a cliff, Cruella standing behind him at the edge of the cliff, right? Gun pointed at his head, his chest, right? Right, threatening to pull the trigger unless Emma backs off. Mama Bear, who loves her son more than just about anything, right. Sees this and just goes, uh uh-uh, uh, not happening. Because she doesn't realize Corolla can't kill him. Sure. Right. Okay. Right. She doesn't know this information. So in her mind, Corolla is a real and very dangerous threat. Therefore, Corolla must go. Right. She summons up her magic to move Corolla out of the way. Now, I think that got her so riled up, she didn't have time to think about moving Cruella somewhere else. She just pushed her off the cliff. Problem is, is that if Emma had stopped to think about it, Cruella could potentially have taken Henry with her over the cliff because of the way she was holding him. If Emma had kind of thought about it a little more, she could have taken the gun away from her. She could have done any number of things. But in the heat of the moment... Emma wasn't thinking clearly. Emma was thinking, my child is being threatened with death. That is not happening. And Mm -hmm. she just did it instinctively. I don't believe she had any forethought. There was no malice to it. But the problem is, is that she now has this look on her face, you know, that just floored me. The look on her face was pure Smug satisfaction. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it was, you know, woohoo, I got a taste of evil and I really like it. I think it was, I took care of my kid. I I just didn't see steps toward that. I mean, we've been seeing scenes of her still kind of fighting with her mother and not trusting her mother and the father and and all that. I just, that's it didn't have a clear kind of a path to it. No, that absolutely is on the path to darkness. Because if she really believed in her parents and was able to forgive them... The, pa- the fact that she's struggling with forgiving them after all of what's been going on, what's been said, after she's been told by two villains who know better than she will ever know what it means to be part of the dark side and not and to have survived it and come back to the you know light side. I mean, this is 
you know, they both started out as good, went the journey to the, the dark right. path to the, right. to the dark side, and both of them turned real quick to the dark side, by the way. So Hook even said, it's very easy to slip into that, but then came back from it and they're still coming back from it and they're still, you know, they're making strides towards doing that. The fact that she got some sort of satisfaction from killing Cruella, which I was positively like shocked that they killed her. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting that at all. So the fact that they killed her, instead of giving her a happy ending, they killed her. Right. I, I Yeah. <laughs> that's the shock. Okay. Um, that's what I'm saying is I, I think Emma's, Emma's not, Emma hasn't gone to the dark side necessarily. She is definitely right on that path. All right. So a couple of things I just kind of want to go back and talk about is uh, the shell game is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seashells that didn't that weren't really Henry, but it sounded like Henry. Right. Because and at first I was thinking to myself, well, shells would have been Ursula's calling card. So I'm kind of surprised that those were used because Ursula was nowhere around. And I didn't think that they would think that that was Ursula. But I was thinking that was kind of interesting that that was what Rumpel would use. And originally I thought, I can't believe it can't possibly be Cruella because does she have that kind of ability? She really doesn't. And then we see, of course, that it really was and truly Rumpel coming out from behind the tree. And the cliff reminded me of uh, Neverland. Uh, we've seen that cliff before a number I of thought, times. I thought he was going to fly or something at first, but anyway. Oh, no. It. At that point, I was waiting for him to be able to talk Pongo down because Pongo was under Cruella's spell, so mm-hmm. to speak. And then when Cruella came out through the the you know the trees i was like oh well yeah he isn't gonna have time to talk pongo down so now what we have is you know the showdown and it was unfortunate that it ended the way it did i'm kind of sad about corella's backstory i mean i i'm glad they showed us that but it made me really sad for her that she was just so mentally ill that she you know just was evil for the sake of just she had a mental illness well and the coat too, skinning oh, dogs. My, you know, and then I, it represented her mother as well. I guess I don't. Well, know. yeah, those are her mother's favorite dogs. Yeah. So clearly, that was a you know that was a nod, and she flat out said, you know, they're with mother, and I'm like, oh my gosh, don't worry about the dogs, they're with mother. That was completely horrific, crazy, horrific. I mean that again. I they they really like had me at the at the end. I'm just mouth agape, shocked at mm. some of how, where they went. I mean, I I love where they're going with this. On the one hand, I don't. Well, let me take that. I don't love where they're going with it. I like the fact that they're taking us on a really crazy roller coaster ride. So Cruella seems to be as really evil as gold and Rumpelstiltskin when she said to the author, you were just a means to an end. I just need you just, yeah, that was, it was very similar to the way Regina spoke to Rumpel through Belle's heart. Yeah. The, another thing I really wanted to point out is the author, when the Charmings basically had him in the cabin and Charming was going to, choke him on that wall there 
He said, even I couldn't see how the story would end. Yeah. Yeah. So that that kind of leaves it open because I thought that he was he was going to say, I write what I think. But the choices you guys make in those stories is the final story. I was waiting for him to say that, but he didn't mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. And so. No, it's kind of it's going to be real interesting to see where they where they take things from here. But, yeah, a lot of the more mentions of the heroes don't kill and. Oh, yeah. And all that kind of thing. That's constant. So here's a little interesting tidbit kind of going back a little bit that I just happened to look up real quick. Um, I looked up trumpet flowers. And by the way, there's one called the devil's trumpet. And the devil's trumpet has toxicity, highly poisonous, and may be fatal if ingested by humans or other animals, including livestock and pets. And it's grown primarily in India, and it's colors from white to cream, yellow, red, and violet. Mm. So, interesting. Very pretty flower, but yeah, it's very highly, highly toxic and can be fatal. So, that actually fits... Very interesting because um, the name of it, the botanical name is Datura Metal. So it's called, uh, it's a perennial herb commonly known as Devil's Trumpet. So that fits perfectly with the whole poisonous thing and how they said she poisoned her father. I'm sure that's where they got that idea from. That's what I'm thinking. I I think that they're stacking too much because we don't have 11 more episodes. We do not. And... If Regina does, in fact, go to New York to face Zelina, you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of story. My money says that we won't see that happen till next season. Okay. That's just me. And if we do see it this season, it'll be the last couple of episodes, and then we're going to deal with a crazier villain than all the ones we've had so far. Well, we're, running, we're running pretty short now on episodes, so... No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think Regina's going to get it. She may get to go the last these last few episodes. So this is, okay, so this is fifth from the end. And then after this one, we have four more. That's what I'm saying. So we've already, well, let's, let's think, do the math. Do the math. We only have one more villain's quote unquote happy ending to deal with, right? Right. And that would be gold, Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So either we deal with his the next four episodes or Regina goes and tries to save Robin, which then carries us through the next. Actually, season. no, that's that's not true. The next one is Maleficent. We have, oh, to, you're right. we have to deal you're with absolutely her. Maleficent. So you're right. And then the final two are Operation Mongoose Part 1, Operation Mongoose Part 2. Now that could be. Regina going to New York. The author and Gold and New York and all that kind Possibly, of stuff. Possibly, yes. So. But there's just there's a lot of a lot of stuff ahead, and we and do know for a fact that we're getting a fifth season. That was right. stated on several very very reliable sources. Well, even it came out of Josh Dallas's mouth. <laughs> he was interviewed on uh, Channel Five Morning News. Yeah, KTLA Morning News. A couple here in LA. of uh, days ago. Yeah, yeah, and that came out. So very cool. And so I think that's that. I've had a full weekend of star wars celebration this and i'm i'm ready to to rest so we will do the main show for uh the previous episode Mm -hmm. and then we'll do the main show for this one as well so we'll get caught up promise 
<laughs> Promise we will. Yeah, Star Wars Celebration, unfortunately, kind of uh, put a damper in the weekend for yeah. a few things. So not that it was a bad thing. It was a good thing. So, yeah, we'll get caught up and we'll we'll respond. So stay tuned for yeah. sure. Yeah. And uh, I want to send big love out to everybody, even those who have bad days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... I think even listeners have bad days, and yeah, I want to send big. I want to send extra big love mm-hmm. to listeners of this podcast, and we really appreciate you. However, you found us, however you are listening to us, we appreciate you. And sometimes we just need to let you know that we do mm-hmm. appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And so, thank you for visiting our Once Upon a Time Podcast dot com slash support. Yes. And supporting us however you want to, however you choose to. Mm-hmm. You can shop at Amazon. Yeah. You get what you want. We get a percentage. You can also use PayPal and donate to us as well. It takes a lot of money. Yep. With all kinds of different web hosts and hosting for the site, equipment, and that kind of thing. And we've incurred the cost thus far, and now we're asking you to help us out. So, all right. Until next time. This is Jeff and Colleen Roney saying bye-bye, and we'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roney's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.